You are now entering the MXU podcast. No credentials required. What is up, MXU family? We kicked Jeff off for the week, and here I am with my fellow co-host, co-inhabitator. I, don't, I can't do what Jeff does, but Lee I know, Fields, and he, he does it every single time, too. He's so good at it. He just rattles off. I can't. I'm here with my homie, Lee Fields, and one of my favorite arch nemesis, Rusty Anderson. I know. I thought I was going to be your homie when he entered, entered started like that. No, no, no. You're you're a video guy. We can't be friends. <laughs> Arch nemesis, really? No. You guys are even on the same team. I know. I actually love Rusty so much, but it's more fun for people to think I don't like him. Totally. What are these uh, microphones you guys got on? But we're not supposed to talk about. Oh man. Um, well, if you guys know Philip or Eddie over at sixty four, you can at them, and you can ask them about <laughs> these lovely. Uh, okay, stop. You're. I didn't even think you were going to say all that. Oh, okay, I thought you were going to leave it way more Just vague. tell them Merry Christmas, and you hope they have a new comm headset coming out in 2022. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's Christmas. I can say whatever I want. You can't get mad at me. It's Christmas. Is that how it works? No, uh, no I just say whatever I want all year, but right now I blame right. it on Christmas that why people can't get mad at me. That's hilarious. Lee, what have you Jay, been up I'm, to? Or, um, what are you going to well, ask me? Go ahead and ask me well, first. Well, I was going to ask you because you're supposed to be in London right now. I am. Unfortunately, I decided Sunday, um, today is Tuesday, 21st, but on the 19th, I decided it was in the best interest of myself and some fellow friends that were going um, to not go because it looks like there's a potential, I don't know when this podcast will air, but there is potential of them just having to lock down a little bit with the number of cases they got. But I will say, I mean, this is not a political podcast, but I... The mayor of London's calling for an immediate shutdown. Boris is not. He would like for people to get through Christmas, and then he would just like to dial back some of the public spaces from hospitality. They, they use so proper yeah. words over there. You're really into uh, English politics, it <laughs> yeah. sounds like. Well, yeah. I have British citizenship and American yeah. citizenship. So you know what's you know. a good time is watching British Parliament? Because oh those guys will like just yell at each other. I kind of wish yeah. our Parliament was like that. Like. <laughs> But the problem, with us, the problem with us over here, we're getting a little fisticuffs too easy, you know? Right. So anyways, I just decided not to go, which I'm bummed. I was going to get to go to a few soccer games, Premier League games. I was going to get to see Phantom, and I was going to get to see Les Mis. Les Mis is my favorite musical of all time. I could sing every word front to back. And um, I was going to get to see my cousins, more importantly, which I'm very bummed about. But it looks like I have one cousin in L.A. that I may go see tomorrow or the next day, and then I might swing by Vegas for a few days. Nice. Nothing says Christmas like Vegas. And then uh, maybe even go see a friend in D.C., him and his wife, and then come back to Atlanta. I need to be back here and healthy and in good spirit for the Passion Conference coming up. So, Right. Yeah, this episode, if people are listening to this, it's after Christmas. So, Oh, cool. Well, if I'm still alive and I haven't contracted it and made it, then great. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What about you, Rusty? You ready for that uh, first round of playoffs for your Georgia Bulldogs? Man, so excited about that. Um, I'm sad Jeff's not here because I was really going to rag him. He's a Michigan guy. Right. I'm a Georgia guy. Yeah. And uh, Georgia is feeling really, um, I think they're feeling pretty embarrassed after the Alabama game, and they're going to take it out on some some Wolverines. For the record, Georgia is going to whoop Michigan's ass by 12 points. Oh, yeah. I would take the over on that. I'd take the over. Sorry, Jeff. And... um, (laughs) Then we're going to face Alabama again. Yes. I, yeah, that one's going to be interesting. And that one I won't bet on. <laughs> okay, let's get right into video. This reminds me, I was watching 
Tennessee Vanderbilt last game of the season. You the are video, a real fan if you are tuning into that game. <laughs> right. So I'm watching Tennessee Vanderbilt. It looked horrible. It was an SEC network show, so I don't know what the deal was. I've not seen a live sports event look so bad in 20 years. It was disgusting. What was so bad? Just, like, I, I, just the quality of it. It yeah. was like gross. The colors were bad. It didn't... I don't know. It just looked really Well, it's bad. because they sent like the Junior League D team to the Tennessee yep. game. They're not sending like their best cameras there. No one wants to watch that they game. They sent an old truck they're about to, you know, decommission. It's got to be matters. something like that. It, well, with video, I think it does. You know, with audio, I always tell people like the gear does matter, but not as much with audio. You know, it's the instrument and how you mic it up and like you can get great stuff out of a $100 microphone. Yeah, we totally. all know that. With video, you get what you freaking pay for. 100%. Yeah, a lot of times. And, or you get what you're not paying for <laughs> in, in that case. But it just looked really bad. It just made me realize, like, I don't know. I guess some of these big networks, they still have crappy gear out there. Well, I feel like in video, it, it, it changes so quick compared to audio. Like, if you gave me a microphone from 50 years ago, I might get super excited, and it may sound amazing. Yeah, that's true. If you gave me a camera from five years ago, yeah, like I'd be like, ooh. Well, one, I wouldn't know how to turn it on, but two, if I saw it, I would be like, yeah, this doesn't look good. Yeah, and I think the marquee matchups—they've like advanced so much the last couple of years. Yeah, so you're used to seeing those things when they triple their budget or whatever. Right. So then the SEC championship game, Georgia and Alabama—it looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. It really did. Well, just because everyone wants to watch that game, no one wanted to watch your game. That's true. Did you guys see some of the games this year that were double broadcasted? So, like, um, I believe it was Ole Miss and Mississippi State was on ESPN. And then on ESPNU was the same game with stadium audio and just the Skycam. It was one, it never cut from the Skycam and stadium audio. Really? That's interesting. Yes. It was super cool. That's awesome. And the Skycam op was pretty badass. Like, he yeah. would, they would finish a play, like, receiver catch a ball. And then he would set the next play out. So they would follow the receiver over to the bench, you know, and he kind of sets down, takes his helmet off. And then it turns back to the field of play from the sideline as they're kicking a field goal and then follows the ball through the uprights. I'm like, okay, that's pretty freaking cool. (laughs) He probably had a blast. Oh, I'm sure. Let's get that guy on a podcast. That would be cool. And it's just the stadium audio the whole time. So no commentating, no color. I would love that, actually. That sounds cool. can you guys do that for passion? Just stadium sound? Stadium sound and Skycam. The whole just do a whole cut of just that. Yeah, yeah I'll probably just insta live and set my phone up on the catwalk. <laughs> That's actually a good idea, Taylor Charbonneau. He needs to hear this. They need to set up some type of wide camera and stadium audio and just stream it privately for production people. Just raw. Just raw. Nothing. Just 24 hours a day. Even during sound checks at 3 a.m., just send me the feed. That's actually a great idea. Um, yeah. Hopefully that mic won't be near me anywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what are you guys doing for Passion? I'll be making rusty coffee. Oh, man, you promise? I'm like the MX. It's like the MXU tour. People are on stage <laughs> speaking. I'm just grinding beans under the stage. <laughs> <laughs> My world is backstage and under the stage, um, where like all stage – Stage side audio is on that side of the room. So Josiah Canzanella, who we need to have on the podcast because his brain is brilliant, but working with his teams on audio, making sure everyone's got what they need, 
backup microphones, safety microphones, all the stage managers, all the backline, interacting with the artists on the deck, uh, like artist management and all that stuff. So if it's on the stage side of the building and has to do technical, logistically, all that stuff, my world operates there. I have uh, several people to work with us in that area, so it'll be great. And so you're you'll physically camped out under the stage. Under the stage, my world, yeah, is under the stage. That's where our uh, height challenges come into yes. benefit, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Clay Casey, who y'all know, is is on my backline team, and he has to duck the whole time. So it's great. that's awesome. Yeah, it'll be Clay's great. the guy that you say gets put on tours not because of his skill in our industry, because he's the funnest guy in the world to he, tour. He's with. a Best fan- hang in the he's world. a fantastic tech. Like he's a great guitar tech. He doesn't play a guitar. He can't play anything, actually. He's not, he loves music, not real musical. Somehow, my man has uh, worked for everyone from Ringo Starr to Aerosmith to The Fray to Tomlin, you know, all kinds of industries. Um, we just, Kiefer Sutherland. Kiefer Sutherland. Uh, if y'all didn't know, Kiefer is a musician, has a band. Like, he's worked with everyone, and everyone wants him all the time because he is just the guy you want in the room. We need That's to, cool. we should interview him on how that happens he doesn't even know how it happens but it just happens and he's a good time and rusty what are you doing i think we can guess yeah i'm actually um i was trying to come up with something clever but i don't have anything so i will be (laughs) um i am the broadcast video director and then under so under my team my purview will be all uh in room imag or you know anything cameras basically um will be in my world so I will be in the truck um, staring at a wall of TVs for about 48 hours straight, burning my yeah. retinas out, um, Yeah, and directing all the cameras. So looking forward to it. And are you guys doing a separate cut for the web, and you're doing both? Yeah, so we the in-room will have their own director and okay. TD operating the switcher for the room. Uh, and then I'll be in the truck directing the broadcast for the stream and for basically like for our capture. Yeah. Um, but we'll all be sharing most of the cameras. Um, so the hardest job is being a camera operator and hearing two people yell at you all day and trying to make sure you're, you know, you know, when you're live. Yeah. That's kind of weird. Yeah. So you literally have two people telling you to do two different things at the same time. If you're in a, yeah, if you're running a camera, you will hear my voice, Colton, our in-room director. You'll hear, uh, Lauren Charbonneau, our AD musical cues and notes and that whoever else wants to chime in and you know so it's pretty crazy God, i wish i could pan people on com you might be able to with riedel that's two in a row that riedel's gotten on the podcast <laughs> i feel like they should have paid us some money now yeah like well they it. did give us free demo kits for the tour oh th- that's great thanks riedel <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Lee, about if that. lee's wearing com we got other issues so he would never that's, know right that's for sure true they're, I, those compacts are amazing. I've said that before. Anyways, mm-hmm. they have bottle openers. What more do you want? The most impressive thing that you said was when you leave one building and go to another campus and you hop on the same Wi-Fi network, it automatically switches. We don't have Relo in our things, but it can be programmed to when yeah. uh, you, it resyncs on an antenna. It, it loads, which is just wild. That it also is has cool. Bluetooth, so you can use your AirPods. And if you get a phone call, you can answer your phone call from your compact. That's nuts. So that is nuts. We're just going to all be wearing compacts 24 hours a day now? <laughs> I'm doing the podcast on a Riedel compact. <laughs> That's great. That's what it sounds like. Lee, what have you been up to? 
I feel like um, I haven't seen or talked to you. We had our MXU Christmas party this weekend, so uh, that was Rusty, cool. Rusty, did you get invited? I know. I think it got lost in the mail. That the mail is struggling these days. I hear. Yeah, me either. I didn't. I didn't get to go either. Yep. Well, is that my fault, guys? <laughs> I guess it is. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all are busy. Yeah. I was talking about Jay. You told me no. I know. I know. I was on tour, and I'm supposed to go straight to London. Yeah. And Rusty didn't hit his quota for the year, so he didn't get invited next year. <laughs> I did in between uh, the Dave Barnes tour, and um, several MXU people came to the Dave Barnes tour, by the way. Several people came That's and cool. said hello. I love that. Um, and uh, almost going to London, I got to go see David Foster. And I don't know. Was that cool? Yeah. A lot of people don't, you know, everyone knows who David Foster is. No one yeah. knows who David Foster is. One. Right. He's like 74, good-looking fella, married to like a 37-year-old, so props, my dog. Um, <laughs> and uh, number two, he's written every song we all know. Like from right. He worked on the Off the Wall album, MJ, yeah. he, The Prayer with Celine Bocelli, like I Will Always Love You with Whitney. I mean, all these hits, I swear, like R&B hits. My man knows melody and lyrics like nobody's business. Just... We played a game at dinner. I went with several friends and uh, just if went down the list of the songs he's worked on or written and stuff. It was mind blowing. But the show was amazing. Um, and uh, he's also known for having great audio engineers at all times. Yeah. Um, uh, our one of our MXU friends, Orlando, uh, mixes him from time to time. He wasn't there um, on this one. His Orlando uh, fills in for that guy often. Um, and um, Chris Taylor. Who's on the Yamaha R and D team mixed him a lot in the nineties. Chris mixed for Michael Jackson and David Foster. He kind of knows what he's doing and created the PM one D and the Revage consoles. Yeah. That guy. Carmen yeah. Educate um mixed him at Symphony Hall the other night. He mixes him all the time. Um I didn't know him. Josiah actually introduced me to him. And he did a fantastic job. Cause in spaces like he was at Symphony Hall, which is acoustically an interesting room. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and he did a great job of balancing that room out. It was great. So that's cool. So yeah, we had the MXU Christmas party. So we had like guys' night in Sacramento. All the guys went out. We got a limo, went to dinner, and then the next night, all of our families got together, went to dinner, and then went and looked at Christmas lights. Drove through the Christmas lights neighborhoods in the limo with the kids. That was super fun. It's fun. Yeah, it was a good time. And now Christmas is this week, so. If everyone's listening to this, though, they just finished up their church Christmas season for those of you that went until Christmas Eve. So my recommendation, turn your phones off. You know what's weird? We don't really talk about this. You guys are experiencing this probably because you got passion coming up. It's the biggest thing you do. But you also have Christmas Eve services. We do. And then the 26th is a Sunday. Which we're not having gatherings, Lee. We call them gatherings. Well, that's great. Your hipster church people changing the name of services. Um, but we're not having them on the 26th. So. But it's pretty relentless. You know, it never stops. Even you think when, are most churches doing Christmas Eve yeah. and then also Sunday? Yes. Man. I know. That's a lot. It is a lot. There's just nothing else you can really say about it. You can't like <laughs> go, oh, it's, you know, it's kind of cool, but no, it's really not. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like uh, post-Christmas into New Year's is a great week for a lull. 
But um, in Rusty's and I's world, it's the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing with passion. You know, the load-in is what, New Year's Eve? No. No, I think the load-in is two hours before doors. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it's sometime on the first. Uh, yeah. I would have to ask okay. Ian. But it's it's close. It's going to be. Historically, it was New Year's Eve or before New Year's Eve. Like well, it's kind of fluctuated depending on venue and venue capacity. It's been rolling. Like when we've done multiple locations, it's been at different days, different times. Yeah. So it just depends on the year and the venue and what game is being played in the venue the right. night before, what concert. Right. Um, when we were at Phillips a lot, Widespread Panic always had their New Year's Eve bash. Uh, and then we would get the venue the next day, which was quite interesting to load Passion in after Widespread Panic. Yeah. Ray Bold. Well, Thanks, Ray Bold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. So both of you guys have been doing Passion a long time. So instead of revealing all the secrets of this year's Passion, which we can talk a little bit about some of the stuff you, you guys are working on. Uh, Jay, you've been doing it since 06, 07, you mm, said? Yeah, I'm old. And Rusty, you've been attending since then and working since a little after? Yeah, I think I attended 05, 06 and then started serving in some capacity in 2010. Yeah, I attended 2000, 2001 on the field. Wow. Yeah. I was in Which co- one I was, was in, in Nashville and the stage had the LED ramps that went down 05, 06? 06, I think. Or was that 07? I can't remember. It's I in that area. that one. Yeah. yeah. And what, what legacy? What long legacy? Um, you guys got any funny stories? Crazy stories? I probably have several that I can't share, but um, mainly about me. Uh, well, you joked about the load-in being two hours before. That is kind of the running thing. like Because of the tight schedules with arenas and stadiums and sporting events. It's wild. The load-ins are bananas. I don't know how Ian Cattle does it. I Secretly in my head... He's everywhere behind every person all the time. There's hundreds of people, and somehow he does it. He's brilliant like that. Yeah. Um, and he's just a good, angry Brit, you know? Something different when someone with an accent's yelling at you. Um, he's a legend, too. Yeah. He production managed Delirious. Yeah. Right? Delirious. Yep. And, and uh, for internationally, a bunch of artists, like from Switchfoot to, um, he was kind of a great on call guy for US artists that were doing international stuff. Yeah, um, maybe but, it's because he's British, but yeah, he's great at going anywhere in the world and you know making he, something happen he in any me country. A very valuable lesson years ago. I'm dating myself, but he used to have an old CD wallet, and in every page was a country, you know, or, or a region of the world that he'd been to, and in it would be cash, an index card with contacts, and a SIM card. When he used to be able to change SIM cards, no way. And I still kind of have that to this day. I, uh, it's a little more digital and I don't need SIM cards anymore, but I do have local currencies. I don't uh, get rid of local currency a lot when I'm traveling. I have it at home in a little folder thing, but like in my phone, I have notes for different countries and different contacts and the modern day CD wallet. But back then I had an actual like one, you know, just the single CD wallet and you could flip through and it would have country cash. And um, yeah, he's also notorious for giving. Uh, some cash if there's no mispatches, which I adapt. I took to festivals around the U.S. But like, all right, if y'all can patch and not mess it up, which I don't <laughs> understand mispatches. I know mistakes happen, but like in traveling the world, it gets a little even crazier with language barriers, and you know people call things different things. And yeah, uh, when I was doing a lot of the Crowder stuff, like some of our instruments are just weird. Like a harmonium is known in parts of the world, but like a bazooki 
is yeah. known. You know, people are like, what the hell is that? Just plug the DI in. So I would do that. What you do can't you, get that through TSA, can you? Oh, yeah, well, I can't get anything through TSA. <laughs> I can't get me through TSA these days. But uh, uh, you just go to the patch guys on stage and be like, hey, this, you know, 50 euros is for you if there are no mispatches on stage, you know? So, um, Nolan, Rossi, and I would call ourselves Teams No Mispatch, Team No Mispatch, uh, when we were doing festivals because we would just patch it ourselves. It was just easier yeah. than chasing something down. So, um, but passion story there's a guy named Brian Perkle in Atlanta who has been around passion for several years, production guy. And many years ago, I think it might have been 2010 or 11 or 12, so, or C, yeah. we were connecting Philip Serena with the World Congress Center via fiber, which is just back then was wild. Right. Now it feels normal, but back then, like they had to run fiber or right. use. Like it wasn't underground. It was. Right. They oh, ran wow. it between buildings. Yeah, like ran it. I remember them running it out that side door and down and into Congress Center in the next building. So there was a moment where Lecrae was on the Phillips stage and and Redmond was going to come in. I'm ninety percent positive it was Lecrae, but Redmond. The was Phillips gonna, is the basketball. Yeah, arena. now it's called State Farm Arena where the Hawks play. Um, yeah, and then the World Congress Convention Center next door, and they had built a, a mini arena that seated like eight, nine. I don't know. Remember how many? Several thousand people just like did the benches and or the yeah. break seating. So uh, there was going to be a point where it threw to Redmond right out of this little hip-hop moment, and Redmond band was off somehow. Who knows how they got there? And uh, all um, Perkle thought to do was to grab his calm, he was producing that room, and just start singing where they would need to be when it hit. So he saw that they were off, and so he he just started singing the line that they needed to in time. So when it came time, you know, he told them, "Hey guys, we're off. Follow me." He yeah. he basically took the MD reins as a producer and started singing the part they needed to go to, and it landed perfectly on time. Like and happened. I wasn't in that room, but I remember hearing the story after, and it was like kind of magic, you know. Especially back then, linking was so like uh, crazy. Right. I mean, now Rusty just talks to NASA like it's his job. It's normal. But back then, like <laughs> it was just wild to think of linking like that. I remember Perkle saying, "I feel like that's like legend story, you know, like legendary status that he had totally. the insight to line it back up like that." So that's crazy. So uh, talk about NASA. I was there that year. Well, uh, the first time, yeah, the first time that we talked to NASA was that twenty seventeen, maybe the dome. I can't remember exactly what year. Um, I was not there that year. I think I was there 18 or 19 in State Farm when it was Dallas it was one of State those Farm when we DC. Were linking all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere I was there that, for that one. The, that the dome, dome was the first NASA, right? I think so. Yeah. Is yeah. that the year? That's the Carrie Underwood year. Ooh, I'll never forget. Yep. <laughs> that was a fun moment. Um, yeah. So we had this moment planned that we were going to live link with the space station, like the one that's actually orbiting the earth. Yeah. Um, and so to do that, right, you have to, we're talking with Houston and we're sending signal to Houston. Um, not, not passion Houston, NASA Houston, NASA Houston. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, there, so I, I think they, you know, the space station is literally however fast it's going around the earth. So you only have a short window every few hours where you can actually get satellite transfer back and forth. Oh, um, so, you know, they <laughs> cool. tell us, Right, yeah. Yeah. So the, they tell us, like, you have this window, so we figure out programming around that window. Um, and it's also, you know, it's 
the weather has to be right and everything else has to line up correctly. So I just know it's, you know, it's this thing that we've been planning for. It's on the run sheet at this time. We're going to do um, a live link with NASA where Louis is going to be on stage talking to astronauts on the space station and they can have a conversation back and forth. Um, and hours before the actual time to do it, you know, one of those windows opened back up and we did a test just kind of behind the scenes. Everything worked fine. No problems. Feeling good about it. Uh, and then it comes to the actual session where we're doing this. And, um, you know, 30 minutes before we're, we're going to actually reveal it to everybody in the room, we start talking with Houston and they're, we can see their signal so I can see the space station. I can see astronauts floating around doing whatever they're doing. That's crazy. On my multi-view, yeah. Um, and then, but we kind of start hearing that there's some connection problem with like the audio, like we can see them, but they can't hear us or some something like that. And, you know, programming is, keeps on going. Uh, worship set ends. Now Louis on stage hosting and he knows this is when it's going to happen. Um, and Rob, one of our... Uh, Rob Delvin, who's an awesome guy from TNDV. Um, they were our video vendor at the time. And he was on phone with Houston, with NASA, trying to troubleshoot this. And I'm at the front of the truck trying to direct cameras while trying to get signal from him, like, what's going on? Is this happening? And it's kind of like, you know how, maybe this is just me and my wife, but sometimes like if she's on the phone and I yeah. kind of want to know what's happening on that conversation, I'm like, yeah. babe, what what they say, what they say? And yeah. she's just like giving you the finger, like, shut up for, for a minute so I can listen. Yeah, that's kind of happened between me and Rob. I'm like, Rob, what's happening? Is it going to work? Is it going to work? And he's just put like, him on speaker. Put him on speaker. Right. <laughs> Let me talk to him. <laughs> um, and he's just staying so calm and and trying to work it out. But Louis is on stage and he is about to pitch it to Houston, and we're trying to get word to him through like confidence monitors or something. Like, hey, it's not working. We don't have it. We don't have it. And so Louis just kind of like only Louis can do is start stalling, talking longer about other stuff. And then I kind of feel like he just said, we're going to do it. And just kind of like, um, there's probably more to this that I don't really know, but he kind of just said, and now we're going to talk to the space station. And no joke, like three seconds before he said that, it started working. We put it on screen and it just worked. Oh my God. I don't know that anybody has an explanation yet of why that, that happened. Aliens. Yeah. <laughs> The, st- the stars happens. literally aligned. I don't know how else to say it. Right. This, it just worked. I, dude, I remember the room. The, it went from gasp to cheer. Like, yeah. Yeah. Especially those that were on calm or knew what was about to happen. It was like an inc- incredible. Those moments where you just have zero control. I said, so what, what else can you do? I'm just going right. to punch the button and see what happens. So, how did you get that video? Was it over the internet? There's a long or, SD with a lot of repeaters going up to yeah. heaven. <laughs> no, I think it was over the internet. Um, but to them, yeah, they obviously, to they're, they have they could, satellite. They're seeing, sending it. Yes. Right? I they mean, it's the only explanation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think I remember, you know, so cliche, but in that moment, I may have even said on comm, Houston, we have a problem. Because you just have to. Right. Yeah, you have they to. They probably have a counter or like a clock or like a it's like a, it's like a swear jar. <laughs> yeah, over like in at NASA, they're probably like, okay, this idiot over here said it. Yep. <laughs> free drinks. Yeah, free probably. drinks today at five. <laughs> they shouldn't make it that. They should make it something like it probably happens so much. It should be not free drinks. You don't want drunk people in Houston. <laughs> yeah, there's enough drunk. But they Houston. couldn't see you guys, but they could hear you. Houston could see us, but correct, like that's the astronauts could not see us. 
Well, how long was the latency? Like once Louis said something, how long did it take for them to hear what he said? It's I don't a couple. Remember the details. I feel like yeah. it's a couple seconds. Like you remember, yeah. like when churches first started multi-site linking, there was that kind of latency. Yeah, it's like, like hey, the Today hey, Show I- still is. They can't figure that out yeah. for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> when the news goes on location in Cambodia, like right. it's, yeah. it's, like, it's so bad. How you doing over there? Oh, no, oh, no, you go. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then if there's oh, sorry, a stutter, no, you go. No wait. <laughs> the there's an art form to talk linking with that delay. Like you, it's yes. complete thoughts and pause. There is yes. no agreeing. There's no uh huh. There's no none of that. You just go, nope. hey Lee, how you doing? I'm doing great, Jay. Thanks for asking. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Lee. Thank you. You know, like, it's like a, <laughs> yeah, but you can't yeah. go, but and, and, uh, like, otherwise, right. then you're just like, ah, it's, uh, yeah. Um, we linked with space recently at church. Were you at church that Sunday? Yeah, I think so. Um, you think so? Do we need Pretty to go sure. back and I check your we've done it a few times. Like, it's hard to Your attendance remember. card. Um, you guys are so pretentious. You forget when you talk to the space uh, station. <laughs> it was just a surreal feeling, though, because I had a fader lace labeled space. <laughs> I was like, that is awesome. Yeah. That yeah, was great. Um, well, one of the astronauts goes to Passion, right? That's the hookup. Yeah. Yes. He's from Atlanta. Shane Kimbrough. Yeah. Big, big, solid friend of uh, Passion and uh, lives in Houston, obviously, because of his work. He was in the military before. Like, he's just an incredible human. I think that's part of the deal. Like, you, you have to be in the military to be an astronaut. Well, I don't, I've never looked up qualifications to be an astronaut because I know it's not on the table for me. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can't get I can't get through TSA. You think they're going to let me go to space? <laughs> I actually wanted to be an astronaut. I'm sure, like, every kid wants to be an astronaut when they're younger. But, like, I was pretty good at math. I thought I could do it. But I also had really bad eyesight. And, like, I remember being in, like, third grade going to the eye doctor. And he asked me that question. And I said, I want to be an astronaut. And he literally, no joke, looked at me and said, I'm sorry, kid, your eyes are going to be too bad for that. Just straight up. Like, just crushed my dreams. Yeah. And Santa's not real, you little (laughs) jerk. Do you know um, what doctor that was, where he was? I will will whoop his ass now. Uh, (laughs) Retroactor of ass whooping. Yep. Dr. Kevorkian, I think was his last name. Um, Did y'all see this pastor that got in trouble for telling kids Santa wasn't real? I saw it on on a highlight somewhere. That's funny. Yeah. How do you get in trouble for telling the truth? I think people were just upset with the pastor. Sorry. They're probably like little kids. Yeah. Like, was it one of those like self-righteous things? Like we can't believe in things that aren't real. I don't, I didn't listen. I just thought it was funny that people were up in arms because some pastor spilled it. It's like, honestly, that's a parenting decision. Santa pastors don't need to do that. You know, that's true. Yeah. Okay. So back to video. So what do you guys got planned for this year? Like what's the gear? What's the, you do anything different with cameras and lenses? And um, I mean, we, we worked out really hard and tried to uh, come up with some ways to make it different than 2020. Um, obviously, like a lot of the staging and stuff is different. So we have some different locations for cameras. But um, I mean, honestly, the, I don't know how much of this I can say, but the uh, supply shortage strikes again, right? Just every time you turn oh, around, yeah. it keeps Man. striking. So yeah. like, a lot of our dreams and stuff about things we wanted to do creatively, um, we kind of it's had be, to... It's being difficult. It's being difficult. So we had to kind of go back to the drawing board and see, well, given what we can do, how can we be creative with that? So that's a good challenge to have. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think I'm super excited about what we have going on. One of the best things about it is that we get to use most of the like, door holders from our church to like run a lot of these positions. So um, 
it's not, you know, all the camera That's operators cool. will be people from our church that we serve with on Sundays. And it's awesome they get this opportunity to do um, this big event. I am hearing more and more churches, not more and more. There are some cases of a church is actually hiring camera operators now. Yeah. I feel like um, it used to be a thing where like there would always be like one pro, you know, maybe that center camera. Yeah. Uh, like a, like the big first Baptists that have TV ministries and stuff years ago. But then it was all volunteers after that. Well, would you rather have a staff person on camera one on a tripod or a handheld? It depends on what my priority is. Like if I'm trying to do a lot of inspiring worship and like music video stuff and handheld. Yeah. I also think a lot of churches now, especially the bigger ones, are getting more complicated positions. You know, like yeah. SETI cams and movies and wire cams and dollies. And those things sometimes require a little more more professional knowledge. Yeah, the medium-sized churches, I'm seeing two different camera teams showed up, you know, like two years ago. It was like the guys making the announcement videos and like making the produced cinematography videos. And then you had the volunteer crew that were still on sticks and doing more traditional iMag was in the same room. Yeah, Like these guys are producing content for Instagram. And then everybody here is producing content for iMag. And now slowly they're coming together and it's starting to be one now that they figured out how to plug their black magics into their raw switchers. Right. Right. So yeah, now, that's a cool yeah, trend. Yeah, totally. Like we obviously we talk about that all the time, but it, it's happening more and more and more. And it's pretty encouraging, you know, church's video looks better just in general. It's getting better. Yeah. There's fewer the fewer of those SEC network type. Right. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Vanderbilt. It was at, was it at Vanderbilt? No, it was at home. It was at, it was Ouch, Knoxville. Not so Gosh, man. Yeah. Is Spencer it's still a thing. diehard Tennessee fan? Spencer is diehard Tennessee fan. Okay. I got um, I got him and his. his does he know the name of the mascot? Yeah, he does okay. actually. I got his kids a bunch of Tennessee stuff for Christmas. It's sitting over here beside me. He's coming to pick it up today. Oh, that's awesome. Like. A football, a polo shirt, a blanket. Oh man, are you kidding? A, b- a bunch of stuff. Oh yeah, totally. They're dialed in. I love that. For people that don't know, Spencer has never. He's, has he lived in California his whole life? Whole life, he's lived in Sacramento. He's MXU CEO, so you yeah. guys never see him. He's never on anything, but he's the guy who runs the business. So uh, the company's headquarters are moving to Knoxville next year, and it's because Spencer wanted to move to Tennessee. He and his family, so we're just moving all the business operations there. So I took these guys to one SEC football game. We went to Tennessee Ole Miss. It was an incredible game. Like incredible game. The fact the fact that y'all went and Rusty and I were watching it at home, like yeah. it was an incredible game. It was. It was one of the best games I've ever attended. Maybe the best game I've ever attended. And I've been to a lot of Tennessee football games. And that was it. They were done. I mean, they're bleeding orange. All of the guys now. It's <laughs> I crazy. love it. I was just in Knoxville and I had a fantastic time. I went to, I was at the Bijou, great yeah. little theater. And, um, well, a couple of things that were really sweet. I had a, the Dave's tour was only um, seven stops and I had um, eight bags of MXU crew brew coffee in my work box still. Yeah. And so I got to give each of the house production directors a bag That's of cool. coffee because all production directors drink coffee, you know, and so. It was uh, super great because it just gave me a connecting point with a lot of the guys. And and uh, one of them knew about MXU. He said, y'all that the church training videos? I said, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, they don't let me do any of the training. I got nothing to share, but uh, they do let me host the events. And uh, he was like, great, I've heard of y'all. And I was wearing my shorts. He goes, oh, y'all got nice shorts. It's like, yeah, man, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> oh, those, those Lulu yeah, shorts? Yeah, those Lulu shorts y'all gave me as a gift. And so, But uh, uh, anyways, it was super sweet. Um, and someone who, like, y'all understand tunnel vision, like, when, yeah. when someone gives you an like an MXU fan gets MXU coffee and they're bragging about how good it is, sometimes I put it through the filter of like, do they like the fact that it's MXU branded or the fact that it's someone we endorse as a good coffee? Well, I saw two posts this week from two different uh, venue production directors about how good Gene's coffee was, and so it's very good. Coffee. Gene, when you're listening, you're killing it out there um, making that coffee. So, anyways, uh, I got to go to this uh, French crepery place in Knoxville, Lee. And yeah. it was delicious. And then I learned there's a location right by the new office. Oh. So that, that on in uh, West Knoxville, right? That's kind of yep. where it's going to be. Are you a sweet or savory crepe oh, kind of guy? So this is the thing. I love to get for breakfast. I like to get the uh, savory one. But then I always order like a sweet one for the table. So everyone, I like your style. Yeah. Yep. Because there is nothing better than life than Nutella jammed into a crepe heated up a little bit it's delicious but then i also got to go to a great restaurant and they have a little downstairs bar thing called the vault yes yeah, that's their couple speakeasies downtown yeah and so i got to go to that one um it was awesome and great um with some old door holders from passion who have moved there um you know adam and courtney rusty yeah Hoffman. and so they moved to knoxville so they met me and then a friend of ours dylan came to the show Yep, Dylan from Amplio. Yeah, he brought some friends to the Knoxville show. Knoxville native. Yeah. So, yep. anyways, it was fantastic time. Tra- That's cool. Traveling around, as one does. Um, Rusty, I'm going to ask you a question live on the air. I need to learn something. Okay. Okay. So I was talking to um, someone at Fuji this week about some partnership stuff, and they're going to send us some lenses to use in some content next year. And he's asking me, like, well, what type of lenses do you need? And the first thing I said was, well, I'm not the right guy to be talking <laughs> about this to. I need you to connect with Rusty. And he said, well, I'm thinking, you know, he get, he spit out a bunch of numbers from different lenses, which I kind of knew what he was talking about. And then he said, and we should send you a Super 55. And I just said, yeah, okay, sounds good. What is that? Super, Super 35. Maybe that's what he said. Yeah, that's that's the lenses that we would want for MXU mostly. Okay, well that's what he said. Then that's it. That's what he said. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to ask anything about audio because I will embarrass myself like that. Okay, well that's good. Do, would you say video guys know more about audio than audio guys know about video? I think a lot of guys do. Cause I think a lot of people get started in audio, right, at their that, churches I think or whatever. That's true. And then they may then go do video or lighting. I think that's very true. And then people that start in lighting, I feel like they stay in lighting. You don't see a lot of people that start in lighting that go to audio. Yeah. Right? It's true. Nobody wants to do lighting. Sorry, Daniel. You know what's also interesting? I feel like audio guys, I'm going to be, I'm just, we're just stereotyping and making generalities, which is dangerous. They're not very entrepreneurial, where lighting guys and video are. I would say lighting more so. So how many guys do you know, uh, like front of house guys that go and start companies, whether that be like their own rental house or their own like audio design company, like that doesn't really happen. It's yeah. very few. 
Right. With video, it's a little more frequently like, oh, now I own my own truck and now I have my yeah, own no gear. Theaters. And then, right? No, no, many more of those, even in like local settings, like in cities, you know, many of them. But with lighting, it's all of them. That's the path. It's I push go for this tour that somebody else programmed. And then, oh, now I program. So I start my own company. And then now you're a whole design firm and like you do everything. Like that's kind of the path for the lighting right. designers. Like all of them. Yeah. Hmm. So you're saying we chose the wrong field. <laughs> I, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I've noticed something about the way you guys talk about uh, mixers or engineers. Like you just know so-and-so mixes this person and this person. And like I've been asked a few times about like who are the video directors out there? I just feel like it's a much smaller field. Yeah, I think you're right. Like the same guy has done the Super Bowl halftime show for the last 10 years. Well, also, I the think same guy does Taylor Swift, Coldplay. I think y'all yeah. are hidden away too. Like audio and lighting positions are way more visible in the room most of the time. You know what I mean? Kind of thing. Yeah. Like, like, do you know who Coldplay's live video director is? I, I used to. I know, I know who does their. Yeah. I think it's the same guy that did Taylor Swift Netflix, did Sean Mendes Netflix, did the Adele thing a couple weeks ago. But is he on tour with them every city? Maybe with some, but not not most of them, no. Like they bring him in to do the big thing. Right. I think that's the difference. Like Daniel Green is basically in the band with Coldplay. Right. Yeah. Makes his front of house. Yeah. So I think with audio, I think the band feels more like we have to have him to do what we do no matter the event. Where depending on the event, you may say, oh, we need a baller video director for this. Right. Not just whoever from four wall but i'm sure that guy's that, great that made four wall sound bad i did not mean for that to happen <laughs> well I, I think it doesn't matter whether it's four wall or prg or whoever it is right i right, think yeah. it's like hey uh you're sending an engineer out and you're sending this person out you got a vd that can do it too you know like yeah. that happens so like i see it all the time like video directors just come with the thing you know it's like a yeah, lot of times sure. monitor guys come with the gear you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 Except when it's a big thing, like when it's an, a concert special. Yeah. Sure, then sure. it's like, mm-hmm. oh, there's there's a handful of guys in the world that you would reach out to. We need to get guys, uh, are, guys or gals. We need to get Ed on the podcast talk about the Adele thing once he's got Adele going. Is he on? What he's, is he doing with them? He's on the. I forget what he. That's part of video. I, I mean, I I could tell you Ed's mixing in front of house, and it wouldn't surprise you. My man could right. do anything. Um. Yeah, he's got some great stories we need to have him tell as well. Uh, I think he's doing video stuff. I'm not sure. When I saw McQueen, he was doing playback. He like manually fired yeah. the Eddie Mercury thing, which was just awesome. Oh, cool. Um, he was doing London Grammar, but I think he's now about to go out with Adele so. in Vegas. That's awesome. I want to go see that show. I'm going to. I mean, the tickets, it's sold out already. Yeah. The whole thing. Uh, Marcus was trying to surprise Sonny with tickets for her birthday and middle of the room halfway back was already like 3000 bucks a ticket that's wild wow yeah that is insane wild same the concert ticket thing it was out of control before covid it's even more out of control so i read now. an article this morning though <clears throat> that uh the no show rates were up no shows 5 to 6% is normal on a no show yeah. um i think we experienced that a little bit even on the mxu run Conference no shows are a little different. I think we were 
our percentage was a little smaller than that, but that's normal, yeah. right? People have things come up, missed flights, blah, blah, blah. Thought I could make it, can't make it, blah, blah, blah. But concert no-shows are up to 20% in some markets, which is huge. Wow. That so, is huge. Because there's no refunds. And then, like, so you've got the revenue, but... The hard part about that is I saw it at David Foster the other night. I remember when I picked my tickets that there were no available seats around me. And there were multiple, like the four seats to my left were empty. Wow. And so I'm glad we got their money. Like, don't get me wrong, from a promoter, artist standpoint, I'm glad that's working. But at the same time, I'd rather a full room, you know? Right. Yeah, we uh, went to the UFC a couple weeks ago in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And we got on their pre-sale. See, we got them at face value. I think Marcus paid like, I don't know, 150 or 200 bucks a ticket for it, which is about average for, we had really good seats in the like, you get your own private lounge, concession stand, your own bathrooms, there was no lines, all that mess, right? But the resale on those the week before was eight, 900 bucks a piece. Dang. Yeah. I think part of that's the Vegas factor. Mm-hmm. Like everything in Vegas goes up more. But I remember trying to go to the Justin Timberlake show. That that was one I thought I would pay for this just to go see it because of the production. The um, what was the name of the tour? Oh, Man in the Woods. Man in the Woods. Yeah, it had the bar in, yeah, down on the floor. I, I, saw, I went and saw it in, in uh, at Cap One Arena in DC. Yeah, but that one was you know seven hundred bucks to sit about anywhere in the lower bowl. It's crazy. That's wild. It I was, is. and the, yeah, it's twenty-two year olds buying the tickets. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? McDonald's is paying twenty bucks an hour out here. So, Dang, yeah, but your taxes are absurd. They are absurd. Chick Fil A is eighteen bucks an hour starting out here. McDonald's is twenty though. Mm. Is it like that out there? I've seen signs for fifteen. Yeah, I think it's yeah. like fifteen. Which is still crazy. But I would like, I would eat McDonald's over Chick Fil A any day. Yeah, I said it. All you any day. All you super any day? all you super white Christians listening right now. I'm so sorry. I only do that on Sundays. <laughs> I love McDonald's, and also Chick Fil A. Everything ends up tasting the same. Um, it's just chicken. But at McDonald's, you can get all kinds of business. You can get you can get one of five nugget shapes. You can get chicken. You can get beef. Have you guys seen that, that like viral video going around where you take a large, medium, small McDonald's cup? Or any yes. cup, and it's all the same volume. No. Yes. yes. It's just the cups are taller and skinnier, so they like appear like it's more, but it's all the same. Just get the small. It's genius. See? Look at them. Just gangster taking our money. <laughs> I appreciate that kind of hood life, you know? <laughs> that's amazing. Okay. I've got a turn down for MXU that's very unique that we got to read. Let's do it. So a couple of weeks ago, when Grace was on, she was like, hey, fire this back up. And sure enough, some stuff came in. Can we say I have cried listening to that episode multiple times? How many times have you listened to it? Three times. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's so That's good. Awesome. I, I've texted Grace. I was like, man, I just think that you've got this great perspective on life. Yeah, she does. It's great. She really She does. made you two cooler. Like, I enjoyed listening to you and Jeff. <laughs> our last like four or five podcasts going back to Stephen Brewster and then the one with CJ Alvarado, Grace, and then Brian Carpenter last week. Yeah. It was like four bangers. It had nothing to do I with I don't know gear. this one's going to live up to that. I know. This one's so chill. We, we finished wrong. This one's more like, hey, it's after Christmas. Can you just like be some background music for us? That's what this <laughs> yeah. podcast was like. 
This is the guy. This is for the guy who left the house. Say, honey, I got to run some errands, and he's just driving because he just had to get <laughs> out the house. <laughs> just got to get out. Yeah, we feel you, man. We feel you. Um, okay, so Thomas, I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce your last name. It's spelled K V A M M E. Anybody want to take a crack at that? Sure, don't. I don't. I don't want to take a crack at it either. But respect to you for what you did. So Thomas works at a church. And during his church middle school Christmas play, you know, there's all these, if they're middle school, I'm assuming they're 10 to 12 years old, 10 to 12 year olds run around with headsets on. Well, they're all on power lock. So when these kids are backstage or in the bathroom or wherever, Thomas and his crew have these microphones queued up in headphones or near fields. And they're writing down all the funny things these middle schoolers say and he posted them on his Twitter feed. So like his whole feed for a few weeks is just hashtag middle school mic'd up. And that's middle school spelled out M-I-C-D-U-P. So you can go find this. So I'm just going to read a few of these. Now picture a middle school boy or girl backstage with other middle schoolers and here are the things that they say. I put lipstick on my lips are so dry. Like an acorn. (laughs) (laughs) What does that even mean? Uh, Here's another one. I think he just learned the word translucent. He says it a lot. Uh, When you flush the toilet, it makes an earthquake. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, sometimes. (laughs) Is he tiny? Does he look like a baby doll? How how old are these? What are they talking about? I don't know. My microphone was vibrating because he had me so loud. (laughs) Kids say the darnest things. Um, I can become one with the Batman. (laughs) I memorized 59 paragraphs, just like my father. Amen. (laughs) Um, If I do this, I look even more biblical. (laughs) It looks like there is bodies in there. Was there a murder? And this one's funny. Stop laughing, stop laughing, stop laughing. Editor's notes, no laughing was audible on any microphone. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> um, I don't have my clipboard because I don't know where it is. And then last but not least, he better not turn on our mics. We are talking about private stuff. <laughs> Man, there you go. The power lock's so a Thomas, dangerous thing. Thomas, thanks for that. It's cute and very creative. Appreciate you. That was great. Hey, can we um, talk about the elef- a little bit of the elephant in the room, which we addressed a little bit earlier, but without getting political, it is going to be a little scary for a lot of people of the fear of either losing revenue or being isolated. Um, so we should probably check on each other a little harder. We've probably gotten a little more lax with it as things have opened up a little bit, but some I've noticed some shows have canceled already or postponed, and um, Kiefer actually just canceled his Europe run, um, yeah. mainly for a lot of our audience in overseas. But in the U.S., we're going to see a little bit of that fallout, too. All that to say, sorry, not to take it down a notch, but is heavy on my heart that we should um, check on each other a little harder. And coming out of a busy season for church folks, too, to make sure we're taking care of the ones that have been super active as well. Yeah. So I don't know any good ways to do that, obviously, besides just call each other, uh, text each other, you know, FaceTime is sometimes 
it's good to see each other's face and uh, whatnot. So lean in just That's a little, little harder as we're upon this new unsure season. That's a good point. Uh, it's always a great feeling when your phone lights up and it's a FaceTime from a friend, even though it's not a best friend. It's a, oh, this guy that works at a church in Indianapolis. See what he's up to. And the only thing he has to say is, hey, just thinking about you, getting some rest. Yes. How's your family? Yeah. Two minutes and then you just hang up. It's like, it just makes you feel a little grateful that yeah. someone else knows how yeah. you feel. You're feeling the same, you know? I read something this week. I think CJ posted it, actually. Gratitude, it's so it's like the most powerful emotion because it can literally change your perspective on life instantly when you just start thinking of things you're grateful for. What am I grateful for? And you just think, think of two or three different things. It will change the physiological nature of your makeup instantly. Like you can feel your body changing. There's a nonprofit here in Atlanta that I work with a lot, and they have a fund called Stand with the Band, and it's for local musicians and people in the music community. We started it during COVID um, and raised a ton of money to be able to just help people with their bills and such. And recently, yeah. um, there was a guy, 40-year veteran of the music industry. He's played with some legends. Like I don't want to give too much where I don't protect his privacy, but he's just in a hard season where he's not done have a ton of gigs. You know, a lot of the older cats are not the cool thing anymore and and so wrote him a thank you note and from this nonprofit, and we sent a little bit of money to help with his utilities and stuff which i know is a struggle he didn't once thank us for the money and i don't mean that in a negative way he wrote a note back about how encouraging our note was to him and in our note all we did was thank him for his service to the music industry for 40 years and that we hope that this little bit of money can help him in this time. But really, we wanted to say thank you for playing music for 40 years and giving us all music. And that was the thing that he that meant the most to him, you know, even though he probably needed the money just as bad. But I think words and the gratitude matter um, more than awesome. anything. I think we obviously, if we have money and uh, such to be able to lend a hand, do that. Uh, one of the things that I do is I kind of have this side budget. I've got all kinds of budgets. <laughs> Lena's I've got watch yeah. funds. I got it, but I have this one budget that I just put money in all the time. And when I see something that makes me think of someone, like if I can afford it and it's not too ridiculous, I bought some ridiculous things too. I just buy it. Like yeah. I just buy it for him. I just buy it for him and send it to him. Marcus is actually great at this too. Um, I feel like our friend Marcus is very generous uh, in general, but if you see something uh, that reminds you of someone, even if you don't buy it and send it to them, just text them and say, saw, saw something that reminded me of you. Yeah, I think yeah. we all just want to know that we're, we have people. And then how, however that works, whether it's money, a physical thing, a text, a FaceTime, uh, don't trust the USPS. But if you have to send something in the mail, uh, like a postcard or letter, do it. Just do it. Like, what do you got to lose? Take five minutes. Yeah. Yeah, so God, that makes me, I've been thinking a lot lately. I want to make sure my relationships in my life aren't just transactional. Like I'll only reach out to Lee when I need something from Lee or UJ. So like just reflect on my relationships and make sure, am I actually, when I think of someone, am I just sending them a text to say, you know, love you, miss you, dude, hope you're well. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing I would say is, I know parts of parts of my life that I've, struggled with this is reach out to people but also ask for help like yeah mm -hmm. someone asked me for help i'm not going to think less of you because you need help um and then be willing to take it when someone offers it that's a hard one too that's a good point yeah that's i that's hard and that's hard uh 
to ask because our culture just dictates we're perfect all the time. But yep. Um, do you guys know Swinford and McCormick? We were having a great conversation about prayer the other day and how that works. And I mean, Swinney honestly asked, like, he was joking in one moment and then he turned around and was like serious about it. He just said, do you even pray? And I, I kind of was like, yeah, I do it all the time. But we were having this conversation about how they have kids and, and like, you know, you want to model good things. But I was like, I don't think I set time aside to pray. I just pray when I think about it because the way my brain works is you live with the Holy Spirit. And so you can pray at any point, you know, if the Holy Spirit's always with you. And so, and I get a lot of my tugs, you know, my discernment in those moments. And so uh, I am just really bad about asking for prayer if I need something. And so, but we all believe in the supernatural thing. And so like, we should be better about asking. I think that comes along with what you're saying, Rusty. I think sometimes we think the ask for help is physical, monetary, physical, and similar. But sometimes it's just saying, hey, man, if you've got some time and you're thinking about me, would you just say a prayer? For me, because I think it goes along with that gratitude thing you said, Lee. I think something happens. All these studies have been done, right? But which I can't quote. But prayer is good. It changes things, like not just physically, but in the the realm of heaven. You know, like it's magic. uh, Without making it sound like Harry Potter, like it's something we'll never understand. But it's what God has given us to be able to to communicate. So ask for it. You know, DM, I'm saying it right now, like DM, Lee, Rusty, myself, Jeff, like, I think we are all okay with saying, you know, if you DM us with a prayer request, we will do it. Uh, Yeah. You know, but really more than that, DM someone that's in, or text someone that's in your life day to day, because you could DM us and we will pray for you, but you need community, strong, strong community and the people that are in your life are valuable and been put there for a reason. So lean into that and ask them for help and however you need it. You know, Lee, when you don't understand what Fuji's saying, call rusty man, just ask him. for <laughs> I know. Help. Don't I shouldn't have even pretended. What if he tricked me and was like, we'll send you a super 55. And he was like, if he doesn't respond to this correctly, deals off. You know what he's about oh, to man. send you? He's going to send you the Elvis mic. Isn't that called a super 55 or something? Oh my gosh, it is. Yeah, you totally. <laughs> that's why that was in my head. You totally screwed oh that up. That's gosh. that's what. Yeah, you should have said, "Oh, the original, or is it a remake?" Yeah, you screwed up. I'm. I if he's. I'm not embarrassed. If he I, sends I, you a sure Super Fifty Five, I will <laughs> laugh. My- <laughs> you know how many people are listening to this, and if they knew, the knew that time. the whole time, thousands. I'm Jay Rusty. I'm sorry that your friend Lee is an embarrassment to the video community. <laughs> That's why I'm here. This is the second time I've done this. So you know the whole uh, KSM 33 debacle? No. You know about this? There is no 33. Exactly. There is, though, a KSM 32. So Andrew Stone came to Bayside to do something, a conference we were mixing or something, and we're in sound check, and the drummer's playing, and the guy hits the floor tom. It goes off like a cannon, you know, and Stone is like, you know, talking to me like, that Tom sounds incredible. What's the microphone? And I go, it's a KSM 33. So then he texts Jesse back at church on the move. Buy me a KSM 33 immediately. <laughs> That's so good. So like a day later, Jesse writes him back or calls him and says, Hey, I'm really sorry. I, I can't find that microphone. I don't know if it was discontinued or whatever, but I can't seem to find it. 
And then they kind of figure out what happened. So then he comes to me and he's like, so KSM 33, huh? And I'm like, yeah. And then, you know, made the, made it this whole thing. Like Lee, that, that doesn't exist, buddy. And no, he went to Aaron, our monitor guy who always mics up the drums. He's like, I couldn't do what I did without Aaron. And he's like, that idiot. It's a 32. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah. so So then we're at a live event one year and talking about drums and then andrew as a joke photoshopped ksm 33 on a on a microphone and it's like and this is his floor tom mic and it, it was this whole thing so you're not good with models it's fine so now i'm sure this will happen somebody's gonna make a uh, fujinon lens and write <laughs> super 55, 55 on it put a sure logo on it or something oh my gosh lee i know you don't need one of these but i need to brag on that um that little uh Synect cable tester thing. Yeah. I I just had a show recently where like, you know, I'm in all these theaters. That thing is impressive. Like just really good. If anyone needs a new cable tester, go get a Synect, whatever they're called. Uh, How do you spell that? S O N N E C T. You will you Synect. will replace your whirlwind Q box. And I love my whirlwind Q box. Nothing no beef against that. It's about an eighth of the size and the same price. Um, the only thing it doesn't have is the TT. And let me just tell you, I've never tested a TT cable in my life. So, uh, Synect, S-O-N-N-E-C-T audio. They make a, a tape tester called the Sound Bullet. Sound Bullet. Yep. There it is. Synectaudio.com. There we go. Anyways. There you go. Just a little... Little. Get it from Mike Rentals. I don't know if he even sells them, but he should. I think Rat. That thing looks awesome. I think Rat sells them in the U.S. You can order direct okay. from Europe too, but that's all. That's all I had. I just wanted a a freebie plug in there because I used that thing this week, and I just remember going, "That thing is awesome." That is very cool. Yep. Doesn't have SDI on it. Rusty doesn't care. I know. Yep. I zoned out. <laughs> <laughs> all uh, right, fellas, let's wrap it up. You guys have a great show at Passion. Thanks, man. I thought about flying out there. I got the... Uh, you got the invite. The email from Louie and Shelly's office. Whoever wrote that email, I know it's not them. Like, hey, come be a part of this. Let us know if you're coming. And I thought, oh, we should go out there and then I'll sit up and do podcasts and people can come and like pop in a little yeah. podcast booth or something. But then I realized how dumb of an idea that was because you can't leave where you're at. No, right. there's no break. No. We're on a 24-hour rotation. Like when my shift is over... My shift never ends. My watch never ends. <laughs> um, right. But like most people are on the 20, night's watch. Yeah, one twenty-four hour. Our friend at IPS, Stephen Samuels, is doing the night watch. Um, but did uh, they split it up now into two different crews? Uh, which we did last year too. Uh, That's right. There was just a lot of issues, and so several of us worked thirty-six hours straight. Um, yeah, it's rough. Yeah, but we're hoping this year we've got a great plan in place, you know, and we'll pivot. But uh, yeah, when I'm done with that, I'm going to sleep for a little bit. Yeah, you get like a couple hours sleep, maybe one night, two nights. Yeah, yeah, just a few. So, um, well, have a good Jay. Time. I know we'll, you'll be busy, but we'll give you a. We'll, you already have it. We're not giving you anything. Yeah, Instagram access. You have to tear up the old gram. Let people know what's going on. I will. I'll post a few. I'll find Rusty. I'll go find yeah. some of our. Um, this can be. You some- know who we could recruit to do this is Bagwell because he's not engineering, right? So I wonder if he's going to go and just hang out. I think he's on comms team. Oh, dang it! Also, 
Nobody wants to hear from Bagwell that much with his <laughs> his hat will for sure be backwards at conference. Not even a, a question. That's funny. Yeah. Everybody's gonna be there but me. Sandstrom's gonna be there, yeah. Sandstrom's gonna be at front of house, so yeah. Yeah, just come on, Mark. I should come. Just go and fill out that email, go and get you some nice cushy VIP seating. Uh direct flight. Yeah. Sack, right? Yeah. I may hop around on a plane the next few days and just see a bunch of people, but I might go by Vegas, see Adam. Hey, if you want to come up here, we'll go to McCooney for lunch, Hawks for dinner. Mm, sounds awesome. I'm, I meant more like just go to the other side of town, see Rusty. Take about the same <laughs> amount of time to get from my house to Rusty's house across the town. I thought about inviting you a few times, but I just think you'd laugh at me. I wouldn't. I wouldn't laugh at you at all. <laughs> I would just plan it strategically to where, because I can't do road rage. If I sit in traffic, someone's someone's getting it. You know, I'll run them off. Oh, that's the road. no good for anybody. Good. All right. Well, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, fellas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs>